Welcome to Podcast Ed, the podcast of reimaginedonline.org, covering the stories in the new world of public education. On this episode, Step Up for Students President Doug Tuthill speaks with Erica Donalds, President and CEO of the Optima Foundation, a nonprofit founded to help establish high quality schools of choice. Already serving over 3,000 students, the foundation is set to launch Optima Classical Academy the nation's first virtual reality school with a focus on classical liberal arts curriculum. The two discussed the new venture, how virtual reality can be a breakthrough equalizing opportunity for all families, and how the proliferation of education savings accounts goes hand in hand with projects such as Optima Classical. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Okay, I'm excited to have Erica Donalds with us today. Erica has been a long champion of education choice in Florida. She's a former school board member in Collier County, which is Naples, Florida area. And she's currently the president and CEO of Optima Foundation. So welcome, Erica. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So let's start with the foundation. What is the Optima Foundation and, and what does it do? Well, the Optima Foundation is a nonprofit that I started back in 2017. We help uh, establish and expand high quality schools of choice in communities across the state of Florida and now expanding across the country. Uh, We currently manage and oversee uh, four schools as of this fall and all the way from Jacksonville to Naples, serving just under 3000 students. And we've got about 2500 students on our waiting list. Also this fall, we are launching the world's first virtual reality school. All of our schools are in the classical tradition, uh, delivering a liberal arts education that is both content rich and virtue based. So let's talk about, uh, I guess it's called Optima Classical Academy. And it's fascinating because it's uh, a merger of sort of virtual reality as a uh, teaching tool, uh, as well as a classical uh, curriculum. So let's talk some more about that. I know it's opening up this fall, but uh, talk a little bit about what the school intends to do, uh, what grades are you going to have in the fall, and then we'll dive a little deeper into what uh, virtual reality and, and, and classical education, how they come together. Sure. Yeah, it's, it is an interesting divergence <laughs> of the most traditional type of education and the most innovative and cutting edge of technology, and it's hard for some people to get their head around, but During the pandemic, we sought to replicate the in-person experience for remote learning as much as possible. And unfortunately, not everyone did that. Obviously, remote learning, as it's come to be known, was detrimental to a lot of families. But that's not remote learning. It's actually remote not learning, right? Our (laughs) students were learning remotely. They received live instruction every single day. We sent home analog materials for them, books and workbooks and things like that. And then we also had the virtual component where they were doing activities online. And what we heard from families was that they loved it. They wanted us to continue that offering because they enjoyed schooling at home. Many of our families now have more flexible work schedules or they're working from home. And so we wanted to create the gold standard of virtual education And we partnered with a gentleman named Adam Mangana, who's on my team now, who'd been working in virtual reality education for almost a decade. And we've combined those two things, live learning every day with a teacher live in a classroom in virtual reality, the Canvas 
learning management system with a robust classical curriculum. And then also we will be sending our students analog materials. So they'll be reading paper books of the classic literature that uh, are included in our curriculum and they'll be an annotating those books. They'll be writing in their math workbooks and notebooks as well as receiving live instruction in VR and, and doing some project-based learning outside as well. I think this is the new, um, the version of virtual or remote education that's going to make it accessible, but also high quality for families across the country and maybe around the world. So you're opening in the fall as a charter school. What grades that's are you right. having? What grades will you have? In, in Florida, we're offering full-time grades three to eight. Okay. Uh, and students can also select individual courses if they would like to have an individual course and not a full-time. We are also doing, um, field trips, virtual reality field trips that anyone can access who has a headset or if they need a headset, we're happy to provide that. So really making all of these experiences accessible, whether it's full-time school all the way to uh, individual field trips. So let's talk a little more in depth about the experience of virtual reality for a student and how, how the virtual reality field trip might actually work. Give me some examples of where you would take children through virtual reality and what that experience would be like for the kids? Well, one of our field trips is to the, the moon and, and studying <laughs> the lunar landing uh, actually from the moon itself. One of our field trips goes to Independence Hall and we walk through the founding of the Constitution and the founding fathers and we look at the artifacts that were created there and hear from some of the founding fathers and Independence Hall. We take students to the Oval Office uh, when they're learning about the presidency. And these are places it's so awesome because a lot of these students will never go to these places or have never been anywhere outside of their hometown. And we're able to take them on some amazing trips. We have some science field trips that simply go out into the mountains or underwater, and they're studying the water cycle in three dimensions. They're able to label the parts of the water cycle um, as it's happening in front of them in three dimensions. We have a, a, a what you remember in class, these skeletal um, models, they have the muscles and they're in different layers and they're very expensive. Well, in virtual reality, everyone can have their own uh, you know, parts of the human body. They can hold a beating human heart and see exactly how it works. So those are the types of experiences that our students have in virtual reality, whether they're doing it as a field trip uh, and just a short experience, or it's part of their everyday lessons with their teacher. You know, this is a huge breakthrough for equality of opportunity, because as you know, families with resources are able to provide these amazing experiences for children. I was speaking the other day to a state rep who set as a goal when his kids were born to make sure they visited every national park. And he was pretty, I think he pretty much had completed that. So he had the resources to take their ch his children to every national park in the country. But I, I when I taught at St. Pete High, um, we had kids who at high school had never gone to the beach in St. Pete, which was, you know, 10 minutes away. And so the, the fact that these kids can now experience going to the moon or going to the Oval Office, it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. And it begins to level the playing field so that all children can have the same opportunities that historically only kids with fairly affluent families were able to experience. 
It is, and we're so excited to be hitting uh, the market right at this time. You know, the even the VR headsets were inaccessible just a few years ago, and now the prices have come down just a few hundred dollars, and we can get these headsets in the hands of students through public funding as a as a public charter school. And we've been able to create with an amazing team of people who are very passionate about these education experiences, hundreds of locations. And how exciting as a teacher as well, right? If you're a teacher who also many times do not have the resources right. uh, to provide students with these types of experiences, but we have curators that help the teachers bring their vision to life of where they want to take the student and what type of 3D experiences they want to give them. And then not only is it available to that teacher, but to other teachers to, to utilize as well in our education library, the potential uh, for this and for the things that will impact our students is so great and so exciting. So let's go back to the moon example, because I, I have to confess, I'd never had the resources to take my students to the moon. <laughs> but um, so so I'm a teacher and my kids are going to a field trip to the moon. So I presume the kids actually, it feels like they're on the moon. They're actually able to walk around on the moon. Is that correct? That's right. They actually do the lunar landing. So they they kind of get the feeling and understand how what it's like when the astronauts are landing on the moon. So that's the first thing. You're not just appearing on the moon, right? You <laughs> land on the moon. So right. they have to land first. They they actually in in our um, lunar landing field trip, they're wearing an astronaut uh, costume and they can see their hands when they look at their hands. They see that they're in an astronaut costume and they see the other students in this social experience. That is our our VR in their astronaut gear, but they also are going to be able to study the um, the surface of the moon. What is that like? Um, you know, the, the parts of the lessons are what the atmosphere is like. And so they're able to kind of experience it in three dimensions um, and not just read about it, right? Um, when they're talking about, they can walk all the way around the moon too and see um, in, in very realistic ways what the moon looks like um, and the different facets of it and what it looks like from the moon, right? Looking at the earth, for example. Wow. Um, Think about how impactful that is for a student, um, maybe inspiring them to explore that field more, uh, more than, you know, looking at those pictures on on a page or even uh, on a two dimensional screen, but actually being in the experience itself. So for for a teacher, then I'm taking my kids, I'm going with my kids to the moon. We're landing in the lunar module. We're getting out of the module. We're walking out to the moon. And I'm prepared as a teacher, I suppose, to talk about things like, you know, here's why the gravity is different. Here's how it would affect, you know, us on the moon. Here's why the colors are they are they are on the moon. You know, here's what that means from a geological perspective. You mentioned atmosphere, um, water issues, uh, potential life issues. So there's, I presume, all that be that the teacher is prepared to have all those conversations with the kids while they literally feel like they're on the moon. That's right, and. In the VR classroom, we can create a classroom out of any of these spaces that we've built. So in the on the moon, uh, the teacher can put up a whiteboard and start <laughs> writing on the whiteboard or they can have a presentation that's prepared, right, that they they put go through the presentation and the points that they want to make. Um, and they can also do a 3D lesson. They can pop up quizzes to all of the students right there on the moon. And uh, the students can go ahead and, and test their mastery of some of the information that's been shared with them. Our students can also go off into groups 
wherever they are. If it's on the moon, uh, for instance, to do some kind of a project or um, or, or share information and do presentation. And it, the technology is such that if the students are, quote, off in groups, all right, on the moon, the teacher can go around to those different groups and see what they're talking about, but the different groups don't have to hear. Um, it's, it's spatial, the sound. So it's really amazing the amount of things that can be done and the creativity that our teachers, who have already started, by the way, our, our brand new teachers started last week. They were trained in virtual reality and they are really over the moon, <laughs> unintended, excited about the possibilities of teaching in VR. Well, this is extraordinary. As you were talking, I kept thinking about my my uh, middle school and high school experiences, which were, you know, a long, long time ago. And of course, we all had textbooks back then. And I'm thinking this is a replacement for textbooks, right? I mean, in the future, we're not going to have these old you know, textbooks where you read about these kind of things in, in sort of 2D flat page pieces of paper. But instead of the textbooks, you literally would be able to have lessons where, okay, today we're going to study the moon. Uh, tomorrow we're going to study the Galapagos Islands and, and, and spend a couple of weeks talking about evolution and the way, you know, Darwin understood, learned about evolution on the Galapagos Islands. Or we're going to go to Yellowstone and understand the geology of, of Yellowstone or the Grand Canyon. So it, am I right about this? Is this basically the next generation of what used to be textbooks, uh, a two-dimensional experience of these things? Now it's literally a three-dimensional experience where you're actually there experiencing it with your teacher? Well, I think it actually allows for multidimensional learning to take place all in the same classroom. So a lot of our classroom experiences are you you'll do some pre-reading in the the, and the virtual textbooks, the digital textbooks, I should say, right. that we've created, then you'll go into the headsets and have a live learning experience with your teacher that's going to reinforce what you read and make it more practical. And then, of course, you're going to have an assessment that determines how well you've retained that information. And I think it doesn't necessarily take away from, from reading, right? We, right? We're all right. going to continue to study information. But what the studies have shown is that when you, you have that reinforcement of that immersion, uh, immersive experience, students are retaining more information more quickly and for longer periods of time. So it's actually going to make the learning more effective and, and longer lasting, as well as really addressing some of the distractions that are in our schools right now that are, are very much affecting those with attention deficits and other special needs. Uh, the VR has tremendous potential for those types of students as well. Um, but for all students, these studies have really shown to enhance the learning tremendously. We did a pilot program out in California with uh, fifth grade science students, and we covered an entire semester of information with mastery in six weeks of VR learning. And the teacher that was associated with this pilot project was just amazed at how quickly the students would pick up the standards and be able to be assessed on those standards over and over again, retaining that information when they are taught in VR or the information that they have read is reinforced in VR. Yeah, learning by doing and, and, and kinesthetic learning obviously is an important part. You don't get a lot of that in the traditional school system. I want to ask you a business question um, because history is littered with um, with the people who were first, <laughs> you know, uh, 
dying on the battlefield because, you know, um, people that come after the first people tend to oftentimes be more successful because when you're first, you're experimenting, people are hesitant. Have you experienced that? I mean, clearly, in my view, at least, this is the future. And clearly, you are the first. <laughs> you are the first into the future. You are sort of uh, our version of Neil Armstrong <laughs> in terms of uh, the kind of very dynamic learning environment you're creating. How have you thought about the the business side of this? I mean, how do you you're so new, you're taking a risk to get out there ahead of everybody else. I'm just curious how that how how you're managing that. It's a great question because we actually did uh, run into more resistance to this than we expected, even from those who are already uh, committed to virtual learning uh, in two dimensions. So we thought that would be an easy conversion. We have a high quality curriculum and we have a better technology. And we thought well, that's a no brainer. Um, but it's something new and different is always difficult to to convince people to be the first. Right. And I think something unique about us is that we're we, while we are the first doing a VR school, we are not new to delivering high quality classical education. Uh, we have four existing schools. We have great reputation and great results there and long waiting lists. We've been doing it in person very well. We did it very well uh, when we did it remotely during COVID um, and have the results to prove that. And so while we're using a different delivery model in, the, in terms of the VR, we're actually doing the same thing we were doing before in, in a different way, in a different way of delivering it. And of course, all these VR experiences that we're talking about are enhancing that high quality liberal arts classical education. Um, but we have a track record of what's most important about this, which is the curriculum, right? The technology is not what is really making a difference for kids. We've seen technology come and go and everyone gets really excited about it. And it really doesn't make a huge difference because technology is just the delivery method. The secret sauce, it truly is the classical method of education behind the VR technology. And I believe that we have the best assembled team combining the greatest minds of classical education with the innovators of virtual reality and virtual reality education in, in K-12. I don't know. I think it would be very difficult for anyone <laughs> to assemble a team of that level of talent in any short period of time to really catch up with what we've been able to do. And I think uh, you, you know me, I'm a very aggressive entrepreneur. We are already working on multiple states to be the public option Maybe they're only virtual public options. Some states have not even ventured into that realm yet, and we're looking at those states. But for those who have maybe the virtual option available, we want to be an alternative to two dimensions and Zoom school or asynchronous learning and really provide a classical education option for every single family in the United States. So there are some other groups out there trying to do some pretty cool stuff and doing some pretty cool stuff. I'm curious about the relationships that you might have formed. And you know, I had a previous conversation about this. I know that um, our friend Julie Young, who started FLVS, is now at Arizona State University. That's sort of widely seen as the most innovative university in the country. They're doing all kinds of amazing things um, throughout that university. But she's also doing some, some great stuff in, in K-12. Uh, they've just formed a partnership with Khan Academy, who, who obviously has been trying to do some stuff. Have you formed any of those partnerships yet or what have you thought about any of that or how's that what's that look like to you? 
We haven't formed any formal partnerships with um, Arizona State University and their virtual um, program, uh, FLVS, Florida Virtual School. Great Hearts has a great online program. Yeah. But we've been in conversations with all of them. And, and the way I've always been with the schools is I'm such a proponent of school choice and education freedom that I am all about helping one another and finding ways that we can work together to help kids. Um, it's really the the work of my life. It's it's my heart's work and my life work. And it's not a competition to me. We can all work together and find ways to meet the needs of students and families across the country. And the more, the merrier. There's plenty of room in this education freedom space for lots of players, lots of innovation. And I want to see all of them succeed. We actually just had um, Curtis Fuller from Great Hearts Online, the superintendent there, speak at our teacher training conference. And so that those are the types of friendships that we have across the spectrum when it comes to not just virtual learning, but classical learning and other school choice initiatives. Uh, I think we're all really working to help each other innovate and, and help as many students and families as possible. So I know you've talked to us in the past. Uh, I think uh, we did an interview with you on, Re on Reimagined about uh, um, the work you're doing, and we talked some about ESAs, but I want to go back to that topic because you know, ES, educational savings accounts, um, which give families way more flexibility to spend their dollars, um, also open up some interesting business opportunities because you mentioned people can purchase classes from you or, 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 or so I, I, I assume that the ESA movement in Florida and around the country is also something that you have your eye on because that means you can unbundle some of your services and sell them piecemeal. Talk to me about that. Is that is that part of your business plan? You see this train coming and you know that there's going to be ESAs across the country. Um, we'll have probably in the fall of 23, my guess is over 300,000 kids will be on ESAs in Florida. Um, they'll, they'll have probably about $1.7 billion in ESA funding in the state. So how do you see that as an, as an educational entrepreneur? Oh, I'm so excited for the ESA movement and not because I now have a virtual reality school that people can purchase because I've been advocating for ESAs, universal ESAs for the past almost 10 years now as the future of education choice. I envision a future of education being where families can customize the entire education experience for their children, that they can have a virtual reality science class and a, a paper books mathematics class that their very intelligent uh, homeschool mom wants to teach. And maybe the, the local museum uh, does a civics course for them. And that's that's where they get that. You know, I would really like to see using the ESA model families to be able to fully customize the education experience to meet the needs of their children, including being able to purchase special services and tutoring, which we're also looking to provide. So we're very excited about the expansion of ESAs. Of course, in my home state of Florida, we want to be a part of that and be a part of providing those services. We're certainly talking to Arizona. I feel strongly that we need to go to Arizona to reward <laughs> them for being the ones to do universal ESAs and, and provide the supply for the demand that we know is coming when those are rolled out. And yeah, across the country, we're definitely going to be continuing to advocate for universal ESAs and then being part of the education freedom solutions for families.